smartphones have this pull on us. Me, you, everyone, they are just designed that way. And when was the last time you left your phone somewhere and didn't panic? Your brain and mine have developed and matured in ways that your child's hasn't. So why do you give your child a phone? You know, I get it. Okay, they need it for football practice and other activities. They need to get a hold of you and vice versa. But how do you talk through pulling back on the phone? Today, we'll talk practically about why parents cave to peer pressure and kid pressure with phones. Melanie Hempy is our guest on Licensed to Parents. Hi, I'm glad you've joined us for another episode of Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherds Hill Academy. Shepherds Hill is a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host is Trace Embry, the founder and executive director of Shepherds Hill, and also the author of The Miracles of Shepherds Hill. I'm Michelle Hill. Our goal on Licensed to Parent is to take what we're learning each day at Shepherds Hill and share it with you so that you can be better prepared to raise your kids in a way that honors God. You know, Trace, before we get to our guest today, I I just am curious, what comes to your mind when I say parenting, teens, and a smartphone? Uh, Conformity. Ooh, conformity. Why do you say that? Well, because we've conformed to something that's totally absurd. I mean, we would not drop our kids off at the seedy side of town where all the strip clubs and gambling, you know, we would not drop our kids off there and say, hey, you know, uh, uh, pick up a few hours. We wouldn't do that. But instead, smartphones uh, in a virtual way, um, we're bringing the seedy side of town into our homes. Uh, But even worse than that, into the privacy of our kids' own bedrooms, in their hip pockets, 24 hours a day. Mm. It's not just three hours. It's 24 hours a day. And uh, I didn't really mention the crime-ridden parts of town where you can see true death uh, videos uh, on on smartphones where you might see a true death uh, gang-related hit in the streets of South Chicago. You can see that on on the, the internet 24 hours a day too. And these school shootings... They always go back to the kid's a loner, and the reason he's a loner is because he's stuck in his room, you know, playing shooter video games, whatever. Video games are are just as much a part of the equation as being a loner. Mm. Are you seeing this happen at Shepherd's Hill? Every 100%. I mean, 100%. Every kid that comes in here can relate his issues or her issues back to a smartphone. Now, it might be mm. the problem or it might be the fuel on a deeper problem. Now, why do you think that parents are allowing their kids access 24-7? I think it's uh, the, the uh, comfort thing where, you know, it's a babysitter. Uh, I, at least I know where Junior is up in his bedroom. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that parents haven't thought it through. And I think we mm-hmm. we can go back to some of the hustle bustle of today's world. The fact that, you know, we're checking our social media on our smartphones and we don't want to be hypocritical uh, as if that was the unpardonable sin. And they confuse hypocrisy with double standard, which has been demonized too. But de- double standards uh, are not to be demonized. I don't want a four-year-old uh, driving a Maserati on the highway, uh, the same one I'm sharing with my family. That's a double standard. Laws are in place uh, with double standards. And we need to know that... Uh, the Bible itself has uh, established double standards, and we need to get used to that. 
Well, there is a friend of licensed parent by the name of Melanie Hempy. She is the founder of Screen Strong, and she has been on the program previously. And I had a chance to sit down and talk with her, Trace, almost exactly about the stuff that you're talking about right now, just about helping parents think through this double standard on phones and other devices mm-hmm. when they're talking with their kids. Yeah. Here's my conversation with Melanie. Melanie, welcome back to Licensed to Parents. Thank you so much. Love being here. Okay, so Melanie, Trace and I know who you are and what you stand for, which is one of the reasons why we are having you back on after just a few months. But as I was thinking through our conversation today, I decided to spend some time on your website, Screen Strong, just to look through different eyes, like maybe our friend who is listening, what is our friend thinking as he or she is looking through your website? And I see that you're all about reclaiming kids and reconnecting families. Screen Strong provides what you say, the gold standard for parents. So help help me understand yeah. what that gold yeah. standard is. Yeah. Oh my goodness, I would love to. Um, I feel I just feel like in our culture, there are so many um, folks out there that are trying to answer the screen problem because obviously mm. it's a problem. We all know it's a problem if we have kids. We know, um, you know, even if we don't, we just kind of look around and we just see these things are just tearing our families up. We're constantly arguing about them. And I feel like so many people are really selling it short when it comes to the solution. And with my background, with my nursing background, as well as my background of completely failing in this area with our oldest child, especially, um, you know, if you know the story, just a brief background there, he, I raised a gamer, my husband and I raised mm-hmm. a, a child who was addicted to his video games. We had no idea we were doing that, but we did. And he ended up dropping out of college because he just played video games the whole first year and didn't go to class. So that's another story for another day. Yeah. But because we we um, suffered through that, we made changes once we got information. And so once we got educated, we changed everything dramatically in our home and have quite a different outcome with our other children when we said no to the smartphone and no to the video games. And so what I realized is that really is the answer. You know, in medicine, in life, all sorts of arenas, when we look at things, sometimes you just have to do the hard work. Very few things um, really have easy, you know, Mm -hmm. solutions, right? If you need to lose weight, it's hard. If you need to exercise more, it's hard. If you need your kids to be healthy around screen time, it's going to be hard. It's simple, but it's going to be tough because you're going to... Yeah, it's going to be hard. You do hard work. I mean, that's yeah. That, yeah. sometimes this stuff is exhausting, and it's like, oh, why even start? Right. So we say the gold standard because we are setting the bar really high for our community, and for anyone mm. who joins our community, we are going to show you how not to just sort of win the game or only win part of the game or get the C on your report card. We're going to show you how to get the A. We're going to show you how to win the battle. Mm. instead of suffering 
And that that's why we say, we say we set the gold standard. We have an answer that's tough. It's just like coaching. When you're a coach and you have a team that's losing, you have to get a new game plan. You have to do the hard work. You have to build your team back. You have to do the core work, the core exercises. And you, as a coach, never want to set the bar really low for your team. Mm. You want to set it really high. And it doesn't mean that there isn't room for some failure here and there. Of course there is. You know, no one's going to hit the home run at every at bat, right? But you don't tell your player, oh, here, let's get up to bat. And it's okay if you strike out. No, it's, <laughs> you know, that's not how we're going to coach. Yeah. So that's why we say we set the gold standard. I think a, a lot of people don't think you can set a gold standard. And we do. We know we can, and we know we help families do this. And 100% of our families that go through this metamorphosis of changing the screen um, time in your house and, and changing how screens are running your house, 100% of families say they get their kids back. Um, and they never really want to go back <laughs> to what they were doing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you dip your toe in the promised land and it's like, oh my gosh, what were we thinking? <laughs> so, Well, like you said, it's about reconnecting families. That's that's your tagline on your website on Screen Strong yeah. is reconnecting families, and that's what you're yeah. doing. So yeah. help me understand, um, why is it that parents tend to cave when it comes to their kids and screens? Why, why is that? Oh, the first reason why parents cave and feel defeated is they do not understand the warning signs and I'm talking about the warning signs for their, their kids. Like if their kids are having warning signs around screen use, they're having meltdowns. They're using it more and more. It's affecting their grades. It's affecting their relationships. You know, they tried to stop and they can't. You know, all the traditional addiction warning signs apply to this. But they also don't understand the warning signs themselves. They're war the warning signs for parents, you know, so I'm mm. going to throw a few things out and then we're going to talk about wh why, yes, why. Please. So a couple of things that parents, you know, and, and if you're listening, I just, I just want you to know that I am not at all saying this in a spirit of judgment. I have been there. In fact, I have made more mistakes than anyone listening to this show. <laughs> I, I, so I just want to say, these are things that you may not be seeing in yourself. These are certainly things that I didn't see in myself. And it's things like um, the screen time issue is causing, is, is causing a lot of pain in our home. It's causing a lot of chaos. It's controlling our home. You find yourself managing your day around your child's screen time because you know they're going to have a meltdown if you take it away certain times of the day. You're walking mm -hmm. on eggshells. You're losing your authority you're shrinking back. Your leadership is getting smaller and smaller. You're angry at your kids. You're tired. You're frustrated. You are on the verge of just throwing the towel in and giving up. You're fighting with your spouse over this. Or if you're not fighting, you're kind of rubbing each other the wrong way because you don't really agree. Your limits are not working. And you honestly just feel like you are failing and all of these warning signs are warning signs. Okay. We, yeah, this isn't normal, lot. right? There's a lot of things that we need, you know, all those things I just listed. If you think, Ooh, yeah, I feel like that. I feel like that. You know, if you even have one of these things, you are not in a good place. 
And so when we have these warning signs, but we don't know what to do with them, maybe we don't even know they're warning signs. Maybe we thought it was normal to have conflict over screen time. Mm -hmm. It's not normal. Um, Maybe you think that it was okay to kind of argue with your husband over this. No, that's not normal either. So what happens in our brain when we don't know how to deal with this fear of all these warning signs coming up, then we start making excuses. And we, I mean, human beings are the best at making excuses for painful things. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of these excuses. And these are sort of the reasons why we cave, Mm -hmm. why we cave in and and just say, I can't do this anymore. My kids are just going to have to have all these screens. I try to do the parental control. It doesn't work. Everything I do, you know, and then we cave. So let's just jump into that minute. I think one of the, um, one of the, the first reasons why we cave and give our kids devices that we know deep down they shouldn't have is because everyone is doing it. So this is the age old thing, right? (laughs) With, with our culture, we tend to give in because Everyone is doing it, and we just didn't realize that we could say no. And the story that comes to mind when I think of this excuse that I had, believe me, the reason why I'm so good at all these is because I've done all of these excuses. Mm -hmm. So I know exactly how this works. But um, one of the stories around this is a physician who is very, very um, outspoken in this space, and she loves talking about screen time and kids and helping families around this. She had written a book, and... Um, I, I couldn't believe like that she never in her book said it was okay to take the screens away and just not ever to do it and just to say no to begin with. And so I got on the phone with her and we had a long talk. And she, as she read my book that I wrote about my daughter that we did not allow her to have a smartphone, she got really quiet and she said, Melanie, something just hit me. And here she's a physician. She's a very intelligent professional. And I said, what? And she said, you know what? The reason why I gave my daughter a phone is because I never thought I could say no. It didn't even cross my mind. I thought I had to. And yeah, this is a big reason, a big reason why we cave because we don't even realize that we can say no. Is there also because we're not thinking that there are other options? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, we don't know what other options are because culture is so strong in this this area is so loud and it's so deep and wide that we, we're afraid to step out of that. But many people listening, even right now, the light bulb's going to go off and it will be like, oh, wait a minute, you're right. I can say no. It's okay to say no to some things in my kid's <laughs> life. And this is one of them. But current culture is so strong that it takes you know, more than just you, yourself and yourself, right? You you have to have a group, you have to have friends, maybe just one friend, but you have to have a community, you have to have screen strong, which is why we're here to give you the words and to give you this pathway to say, look, there's another way. You don't have to say yes to everything. Our guest today on Licensed to Parent is Melanie Hempy. We'll be right back with more Licensed to Parent right after this. In today's digital age, there's more access than ever to digital devices. With technology constantly evolving to make our lives easier, is it any wonder that many feel as though they just can't live without it? Digital addiction can be just as chemically debilitating as drugs. 
Time in front of a screen can drastically affect the life of your child. For starters, your child may choose technology over simple things like playing outside and engaging in exercise, acquiring a job, and gaining life experience. To learn more about how digital addiction can affect your child, visit helpmytroubledteen.org, click on Resources, and look for the article, What is Digital Addiction? Parenting isn't easy. Shepherds Hill Academy wants to equip you with resources for all areas and issues of life. Discover a variety of ebooks, podcasts, links, and more to help you navigate the parenting landscape. Helpmytroubledteen.org. Hi, folks. Trace Embry here, host of the Licensed to Parent broadcast and founder of Shepherds Hill Academy. We've all heard about modern-day miracles, mostly from mission fields. Frankly, I believed about half of them and experienced none of them until about 30 years ago. Christ truly became the Lord of my life. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill is a book that wasn't written as much as it was recorded. It's the true story of how God used a handshake, my family's last $200, and our 30-year odyssey of bumper-to-bumper miracles to acquire a 60-acre farm that was used by the devil and turned it into a 250-acre globally recognized healing ministry for God. I want all people to know that Jesus Christ is still in the miracle-working business for those submitted to His word, will, and way, and who properly understand what faith truly is. The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill, an extraordinary odyssey of divine interventions by Trace Embry. Learn more at LicensedToParent.org. Welcome back to Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. Shepherd's Hill is a nature-based therapy program for teens in crisis. And today we are talking with Melanie Hempe. She is the founder of Screen Strong. And we've been talking about why parents cave when it comes to allowing our children to use smartphones. And Melanie, you were just about ready to go into the second excuse that parents use. Can you explain what that second excuse looks like? Yeah, the second thing is an anchoring bias. An anchoring bias is when the first thing you hear is the thing that sticks. So, you know, Michelle, if you hear something for the first time or from a friend or a piece of gossip even or a piece of news, the first time you hear it will be the thing that you will anchor your bias around because it's Mm -hmm. obviously the first time you heard it. This is why also it's super important that for all these issues that our kids are being exposed to, that they don't hear about these things from the general culture at large, that they hear about them from us when it comes to drugs and sex and alcohol and all of these things. We should be providing the anchoring bias for our kids. But that's a side note on this. So anchoring biases goes like this. You may realize that um, one of your anchoring biases is you read somewhere that you have to be 13 in order to use social media. This is a very common thing. And so you just immediately think, oh, well, all the social media sites say 13. So therefore, it's okay to give my kid a phone when they're 13. This becomes your Mm. anchoring bias. That's the first thing you heard. But when you dive into it, it's fascinating. anchoring bias is wrong. 13 is not the age to give a child a smartphone because 13 actually was the age that was determined seven years before smartphones even came out for internet safety. And it was how companies were not allowed to collect data from children. And they decided just to put 
13 is the random age. No one knows why they did this. It's the COPA Act. And you can look more of this. C-O-P-P-A is the um, an acronym that you look up. But anyway, all that anchoring bias that our entire culture has around the best age, you know, for a smartphone That's is incorrect. So is this anchoring bias? Does this play into the fact that parents probably don't fully understand the power that this device has over their kid's brain? Oh, for sure. Because the anchoring bias says it, everyone has it. It's fine. It's all good for kids, especially at 13. You can, you can, you know, um, be safe with all this stuff, but we're believing the wrong thing. So, Mm -hmm. um, of course, when you dive in a little deeper to when is the best age to get a smartphone, and we have a lot of information about that on our website, then you have to unpack the developmental science. That's how you have to do, um, that, that's what you have to do with anything. You you can't just randomly get a dart board and throw a dart and <laughs> try to yeah. pick an age. You have to do some research and figure out what is happening with brain development because um, devices affect your child's brain heavily and also their personalities and their actions and their identities and their person, you know, who they become. The other couple reasons or excuses why parents cave is peer pressure. And so we get peer pressure from our peers, <laughs> just like our teenagers get peer pressures from, you know, their peers. And so if we have friends around us that sort of make fun of us, right? If we are not giving our kid a phone, you know, and they say things like, oh, well, I don't want to be that over controlling parent, you know? <laughs> and right. you as a parent, are just as susceptible to peer pressure as your kids are. We all want to be in the in crowd. Yes, and there is a reason for that. So it's not that we're just terrible people. There is a reason. And when you understand the reason, then it makes you feel better. So I'm going to tell you the reason. The reason why you want to be like everybody else is, yeah, it's a root in our, it's it's rooted in our psyche as as a species, that you mm-hmm. have to be like the pack you're running in in order to survive. So if if you're a wild dog running in the wild somewhere, <laughs> you you yeah. have to run with your pack. You can't you you can't get off the track and go run by yourself. You're going to get eaten. So we have this instinct built into us that we need to be like everybody else. And teenagers especially have it as they are starting to reach their age of, you know, um, moving into the culture and becoming independent, they're scared. And so the reason why you're scared is because you know you won't survive on your own. You have to be like all your friends in order to literally survive. Now, in our culture today, you know, that's really not the truth. I mean, you can be different and you will survive fine, <laughs> but mm-hmm. it's in our it's in our nature to think. So, if all your mom friends are out there giving their kids phones, it's in your nature. You don't even realize it that your intuition is thinking, "Well, I have to be just like all my friends in order to survive this parenting thing, mm-hmm. in order to um, make sure my kids don't get left behind." And so, I don't get left behind. I have to be part of the group until you have your defining moment. Until you're your screen issue bites you, I say, or like with me, what happened to us, we went through all this pain through the pain and suffering of our son being addicted to video games and um, dropping out of college. Until you have something like that happen to you, you will probably not be too motivated 
to get off the beaten path. You want to go with the flow. You want to do what everybody else is doing because you don't want to be alone. But once you have your defining moment, which I pray that you don't, but when you do, or if you do, then all of a sudden that path looks terrible. You don't want to be on that path anymore. You want to try a different path and you don't care if anybody else is on it, right? But the peer pressure um, is huge. It's probably, oh, I don't know, all these are so important. It's probably one of the most important reasons why we don't make changes. Thank you, Melanie, for taking time to help us understand this today. And thank you so much for helping us reclaim our kids and reconnect our families. Thank you. You are so welcome. And we are very, very passionate about helping families and not Mm -hmm. judging families, but helping them find this peace and this joy that they are looking for. And that was my conversation with Melanie Hempe. Melanie is the founder and director of the ministry Screen Strong. You can connect with Melanie and her team at ScreenStrong.org. In fact, Melanie's son, Adam, will be on the program next week, and we'll be talking about his gaming addiction. So you'll want to tune in for that on Licensed to Parent. And Trace, what is it about Melanie's ministry that gets you excited? Well, you know, it's kind of like an oasis. You know, sometimes I feel like mm. a voice in the wilderness where <laughs> nobody understands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't expect everyone to be sitting in my seat where they see what uh, technology has done to the to kids' brains, to their attitudes, their worldview. Um, you know, I get the dark side of it. I and mean, I'm, I'm probably a little bit biased when I share what I share, but I've seen where this goes. Um, but I don't think public schools, private schools, or even homeschools are talking about this and training adults, mm-hmm. parents, in any kind of tech etiquette whatsoever. And mm-hmm. it's a couple of decades overdue. There needs to be what she's created in, in Screen Strong. And, you know, we talked about doing that with Shepherd Till. And when I found out about Melanie's uh, curriculum. I'm like, why, why reinvent the wheel? You know, I mean, uh, <laughs> let's just get on yeah. board. And Mel and I have talked about collaborating with some other folks to get this this message out and to to make it mainstream. Because right now we're we're kind of the uh, the John the Baptist of, of of the equation. We want to bring some normalcy back to the family, and I don't think mm-hmm. these things are uh, conducive for any kind of normalcy whatsoever. Normalcy and healing. Yeah. And that's what Melanie was talking about um, in our conversation was, let's bring some healing back to the family. Let's bring some normalcy. Let's sit around the table and have dinner and talk to each other. But I I think that's what we need. Yeah. And and I don't want anyone to think that I'm anti-technology. I am not. I just want people to use it as a tool uh, Mm -hmm. for good rather than a weapon for evil. But you are toying with an addictive substance here. And we've never historically allowed minors to engage in things that are horribly addictive. And I keep saying this, I'm going to keep saying it, so get used to it. You can't pull a lever on a slot machine until you're 21 years old, in most states anyway. And yet, we're going to give kids a slot machine with all that you can get on that slot machine, hanging off their hip pocket 24-7? That's insanity. Pure insanity. Well, Trace, thanks for your insights on this. 
helps pull everything together from what Melanie said to what you're saying. And um, it's so important for parents to understand. So thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to Licensed to Parent. Licensed to Parent is an extension of Shepherd's Hill Academy, our year-long Christ-centered, wilderness-based residential program for troubled teens. If you need help with your troubled teen, you can learn more about Shepherd's Hill when you visit licensedtoparent.org. And remember those New Year's resolutions that you made? I mean, I know that we're past the new year, but if you made a resolution to read more books and need a book to complete your list, can I suggest Trace's book, The Miracles of Shepherd's Hill? You can also find that at our website. Again, that's licensedtoparent.org. Thanks to our team for making today possible. Our producer is Rich Rosel. Carl Peets is our technical producer. For Trace Embry, I'm Michelle Hill, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your license to parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.